Hello, everybody. My name is Danny Grant. I'm an artist, and I would like to welcome you to the studio. This is the place where I interview and talk shop with other artists, and we get a little glimpse into their lives as professional artists. On today's episode, I have artist Brian Larson. Uh, I first became aware of Brian's work probably in 2000 or 2001 um, when I was an art student in San Francisco studying illustration. And um, I think the first piece I saw was one called Heroes from him. It's got a father holding his young son and they're both watching a space launch. And it's, it's, it was a moving piece um, to me. Um, very inspirational and just beautifully rendered and ever since then I've been watching his career and um, he just keeps getting better and better and better and and doing more and more ambitious work as time goes on and um, I just really admire him as as an artist and I'm very excited uh, that he's on today's show so uh, take a listen and uh, enjoy thanks Okay, we are here with artist Brian Larson from Utah. Is that right, Brian? That's right. Yeah, Salt Lake City. Well, thanks for being on the show, Brian. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Seems like a really cool idea. I had a lot of fun listening to Scott Waldell's interview, and I'm hoping you can get a lot more people to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope so, too. Um, got a few people lined up, so I'm pretty excited. Um, and, and I'm really excited to have you. So, yeah, again, thanks for thanks for doing this. I'm, I think you're going to be um, uh, an interview that people are going to want to listen to. So <laughs> oh, my pleasure. Um, well, let's get into it. So, one thing I want to talk to all, all the artists about is their um, kind of daily daily schedules in the studio. And um, so, I guess this is kind of a two part. Um, do you have any rituals, any kind of daily rituals that you go through? And then what what is your what is your um your schedule look like for do you have a set schedule for getting into the studio on certain days of the week or you know and a set set hours that kind of thing? Well, I I like to try and keep a set schedule. Uh it varies just depending on on the childcare situation and what time of year it is and what my wife's work schedule is like. Um, it, right now, I have someone that comes in to watch our 18-month-old uh, from 8 in the morning until 1 when she goes down from the nap. So I, I get a good five-hour block uh, mm-hmm. five days a week. And then I can usually make it back over for another two hours uh, until the other two kids get home from school. So I don't know. I try to work a, a five- to seven-hour day five days a week uh i could always fill up more time but that seems to work pretty well sure and, uh, yeah then you know i i i always kind of mean to maybe get in on a weekend day or something but that doesn't happen very often yeah no i i find weekends tough yeah definitely um cool so so you feel like that works for you that that's kind of enough time to, to get the work that you need done during the week uh, most of the time, uh, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't always work out. Um, but uh, I mean, my my preference would be to have a you know a full eight hour block, you know five right. days a week. Um, yeah. Mostly because 
I don't know how it is for other artists, but by the time I get I get into the studio and get my colors mixed, get my palette out, and get ready to go, mm-hmm. uh, I, I always do better work if I can work in a nice big block. When I have to start and stop a lot, it just kind of throws. You know, I, I'll get in the zone once I get started, and mm-hmm. then I can I can focus for a long period of time. The day goes really quickly, but I find that when I have to start yeah. and stop a lot, I waste a lot of time getting stuff out, putting stuff away and, you know, things dry that I don't want to dry. And (laughs) Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I try to keep a pretty regular schedule when I can. Yeah. I find that if I can, that's kind of the Holy grail. If I can get to a, a, (laughs) get to a set schedule and and stick with it um, for a period of time is like, that's when you really can be productive. Um, But it's, it just seems so hard to get to with, um, and so you've got, obviously you have a family, so you uh-huh. have three kids right now? Yeah, three kids. We've got a, yep. uh, our oldest is in sixth grade and we've got a first grader and then, and then this 18 month old little girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. And I, one of the things I love about painting for a living is that my schedule is flexible and I right. get to see them a lot, hang out with them and. You know, go to their goofy school stuff and everything else. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, but at the same time, it can be it can be tricky uh, trying to right. get work time in too. Even though, you know, technically I do have a job <laughs> painting. Yeah, I, it's really I easy, I think, to to let my schedule be the one that gets pushed around when when things right. come up. Um, yep. Which is all right. I don't I don't mind that all the time, but you know who couldn't who couldn't use more time to work on what they like to do. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, well, you know when you're the one that's at home, you definitely um, get the uh, the runs to the uh, grocery store and and whatever <laughs> else is going on. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> but that's okay. I, I don't mind that stuff. Yeah, I don't mind either. Um, Let's see. I had a thought and then I lost it. Um, oh, um, so well, let's talk about your your studio at home. Um, uh-huh. So you know, we we're just talking about you working at home. What what what's your studio like at home? Are you uh, do you have a, a dedicated space like the garage or or another bedroom or anything like that? In different, I mean, different places we've lived, I've had different setups, um, and I from time to time I've been able to have a nice space outside the house too mm-hmm. which i actually prefer um you are. just because but you know i can i can leave things out which is great i don't have to sure keep, you know right. solvents and paint and everything put away and i can leave a big half-finished painting sitting there in the middle of the room and not wonder what's going to happen to it um mm-hmm. but i find that well at least at least recently I, I found that i get i can get a lot more painting time in with the studio at home just because i don't have to over the summer, when we first moved back here from New Mexico, I had a studio space downtown, and it was great. I was getting yeah. a ton of work done. And then when school started, you know, I'd have to leave the studio early to go get the kids, and then I could either bring them back to the studio and make mm-hmm. them do their homework there or go home for the day. Having the studio at home, you know, the kids just ride the bus home and get off and, like, do their homework and go out and play, and I don't have to clean up and stop working or anything. So in that right. respect, it's awesome having a studio at home. Um, yeah. 
some of the drawbacks, though, I find there are a couple things. One, it's easy to get distracted when, when you know, everything else is there. If there's a project on the house that needs to be done or the right. refrigerator's always right there. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing is when I'm not working, I have a tendency to, to end up, you know, sitting around looking at what I'm working on and obsessing about <laughs> it, trying to figure out what to work on next or beating yeah. myself up over something that's not going right. Whereas when the, you know, when the work was in a studio away from home, I could kind of leave it there um, right. and not worry about it so much. But the space I have right now at home, uh, it's kind of the front end of our house. And I like it because it has some big windows that look out toward the street that I can cover up to control the light. It has mm-hmm. a nice high ceiling, which is great. Yeah, and even great. though the space itself is pretty small, it's connected to the living room by a big uh, arched doorway. So it feels like a bigger space. I don't feel like I'm crammed into a little closet, even though all of my stuff is kind of over in a little, a littler area. Um, right. But right now I've got everything moved out of there and over into a neighbor's garage. I'm working on a big, four inches by 92 inches and it wouldn't fit in the space I was oh, in. Can you say, sorry, can you say that size again? I, 194 I kinda... inches by 92. So it's it's wow. just over 16 feet wide and almost 8 Holy. feet tall. <laughs> yeah, it's a monster. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's, it's can a you tell us a little new... bit about the painting? Uh, yeah, I've been kind of keeping it under wraps just because when, okay. when a commission piece is in the early stage, sharing and then also oh, I don't sorry, know what I think other... I, you cut out there for just a second oh well, um, I, yeah you were so saying I, about I, the early stages of, of the commission you were kind of keeping it under wraps yeah partly because I don't know how much information the clients are comfortable having shared oh and sure when, okay. yeah and with the commission piece you know there are some decisions that are made by clients things like that and if people ask why I did this or did that it's kind of a delicate situation at first. Um, and then sure. there's also, uh, I find that a lot of times people who aren't artists, <laughs> you can show them a drawing uh, or something that's just been blocked in or something that's halfway finished and they, they don't, they don't have the experience to kind of take it to the next step in their head and see what's going on. And so a right. lot of times, um, I'll have clients see something that's half finished and and not be able to see what's going on and get upset or worried that something's not going right or, <laughs> you know, make yeah. changes mid-painting that don't need to be made and then I end up changing things back later once I see it's finished. Um, but this oh, one has okay. finally gotten to a point where where uh, just this last week I finally got the color study signed off on. Um, nice. It's a, so it's do a, you have – sorry um, – so are you are you working any differently now with having um a certain amount of experience dealing with commission clients? Are you doing anything differently now as far as like letting them see work at different stages? I because I'm, of this thing? I'm still trying to figure this part out. Uh I yeah. it seems like I've done a lot of commission work, but it really it's up up until this last year it's been a pretty small percentage of what I've done, maybe one commission a year. Um, okay. And some of those early ones were done for a bank uh, mm-hmm. that would put the work on on the cover of their annual report, and they were really hands-off. I mean, once 
once they settled oh. on an idea, I wouldn't hear a thing from them until I sent them the finished painting. And that was great. Um, and I've been kind of in the habit of just sharing progress at every stage of the painting for better or for worse. Um, okay. Partly because I wish that more artists did that so I could see their process and how they solve certain problems. And, and I right. figure there's got to be someone out there who can benefit, <laughs> you know, from, sure. from anything, whether it turns out to be a big mistake I made that they can avoid or something that worked out right or whatever else. Um, yeah, I think that's really, that's really cool too, because I, you know, I think artists are kind of, I'm certainly this way, you know, we're, because the, because the process can look fairly scary to someone on the outside, <laughs> you know, yeah. there's a painting that's in progress can, it can certainly look rough at times. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it can look pretty crazy. You know, and, you, and like you're saying, if you we know where it's going, um, but someone from the outside looking in doesn't have that that luxury of of kind of knowing what's in our head. So exactly. you know, they're looking at something, going, "Ooh, are you sure about that?" Um, well, so I, I think that's something that's a total risk, and you don't know if it's going to work out or not. Or at least right. I've, I've I've done some stuff like that, and if it doesn't sure. work out, you know, you scrape it off or mess with it until it works or whatever but yeah. but it can be a little a little uh i don't know what the word is it, there's a little bit of anxiety there especially especially when you have a lot of people looking at it and, <laughs> and right well yeah and then and out. then also you when you have a lot of eyes on it you're gonna have a lot of opinions about it and, sure. yeah. and um well have you ever had um have you ever had anyone's opinion shape the way the painting goes in a direction that you hadn't planned on because you're sort of opening yourself up and showing all these steps of the work. I've definitely had um I've definitely had people point something out that wasn't working that I hadn't noticed before. Um oh. and then and then kind of fixed it mid mid painting. And I'm you know, even though that can be a little bit emotionally stressful <laughs> It's, yeah, I, I would way rather catch stuff like that early than have a finished painting yeah. go out the door. I've had I've had paintings, you know, be finished and sent to the gallery and sold, and then have someone point out, oh, what, you know, what's going on right there? <laughs> <laughs> there? There was one of a little girl playing the piano, and I didn't, I somehow got mm-hmm. all the way through the drawing and transferring to the canvas, painting the whole thing, all the time, posting images and everything else, varnished, right. sold. You know, a print run started, and then someone points out that that I had completely messed up the area where her fingers are playing the keys of the piano, and and it, I mean it was once I saw it, that's all I could see on the whole painting. Oh, like, no. I couldn't even believe that I had missed it. And still, I still really like the painting, but yeah. But in that respect, it's kind of it can be nice to have to have people notice things like that. I haven't ever changed something thematically. Or yeah, or compositionally, unless unless someone was definitely right, and there you know there have been times where someone has noticed something that I just completely screwed up, or or that could be better positioned, but it's pretty rare. Most of the time, people's comments are are just really positive. Um, right. But yeah. again, I think a lot of that is because a lot of the people that are commenting are lay people; they're not other artists, um, and sure. I think other artists are a little hesitant to point out things that might look like errors in other people's work 
just out of professional courtesy. I know I would be. Right. Be no, no. Someone. I certainly would also. Yeah, because you, that's a weird thing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I just, I, you know, you don't want to step on toes and, and then, sure. uh, you know. And yeah. what we do is not easy, and I think all of, all, all of our right. do that. But with these right. recent commissions, I'm having a really hard time uh, figuring out where where to draw that line with how much I share with the clients. I mean, I want them to be happy with the finished piece, but I haven't mm-hmm. really figured out how to, for example, with this with this big painting that I'm working on right now, we can talk about that some more in a minute. Um, yeah. I, I have some really specific things that they wanted and it's it's big and it's going to be a major feature in their house and uh you know it's going to be a significant amount of my year's work to work yeah. on it and the last thing i want on something to scale which i've never worked on before is to get the thing finished and then have something be completely right. off-putting to them yeah. so i thought well the way to get around that might be to have them sign off on certain steps as I go along. And I've done this on one or two other commissions where where mm-hmm. on that on that big terra incognita painting, the one with all the scientists and yeah. I I That's had great, that, that client. Yeah, that was that was the most fun to work on of anything. That was a riot. And that client was so easy to work with. Um, mm-hmm. but I had him sign off on the on the final scale drawing before I transferred it to Canvas and make all mm-hmm. you know any changes they wanted were made at that stage. And that way, you know, they were comfortable with what the finished product was going to be, and I kind of knew that they were going to be happy with it, and it worked out great. This mm-hmm. one um, did the same thing and and went back and forth a lot, partly because I think they were having trouble kind of seeing how – and honestly, I was having trouble seeing how different this would look at a big scale in their room. Mm-hmm. It's the first time I've ever had to worry about things like – a structural pillar in their house for most of them oh, is wow. blocking one section of the canvas. Oh, so, gosh. you know, when you're okay. looking at the little drawings for it, you don't see any of that stuff and you're making compositional decisions based on, yeah. you know, the, your normal, <laughs> right. Your normal approach. Um, and, and, you know, there's a piano that sits in front of part of it. And then the lighting in the room comes from, you know, different directions than normal too, because they have a big glass wall. Anyway, it took a long time to get the to get that done, and I and then the, I I wanted to do a color study because the earth is in the background of this painting. We can talk about what it is later, but yeah. the, when I was first talking about the painting um, to these guys, they went on a lot about the about the blue that they that they loved. It, it's so it's a it's a gigantic version of how far we've come, which is a painting that I did. Oh, great. 12 years ago, but it's yeah, a little bit that. updated. And they cool. really liked the the blue in the in the woman's uniform, in the astronaut's mm-hmm. uniform, and in the earth. And we're really concerned that they wanted the blue to be right in this painting. So I thought, well, we'll, we'll do a color Is study. that due to, like, the certain things in the room that they wanted to match? Or? No, I think, you know, it's so hard to tell what people connect with all the time. But yeah. I could tell that, that for whatever reason, there was some kind of an, an emotional connection with that blue. Like they, they, especially the, the guy, he was, uh-huh. he really, he loved it, you know, and they actually liked that painting a lot, but their room's so huge. That painting just looked like a postage stamp on their wall. <laughs> um, yeah. So I thought I'll do it. That's not a study. small painting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that way 
I can send it to them and they can look at the blue in person in the light in their own room. And then they'll send the color study back and I can just make sure I match that. But right. what ended up happening was I did the color study and the blue was fine, but somehow I, I've got to learn a way to do that without saying this is open season on, we've got the, yeah. the, the drawings yeah. all done, but this is open season and I'm change every color, you know, right. and, and, and talk well, about flesh like, tones and things. What a really difficult thing to do though, because I mean, as you know, the lighting situation in that room is going to change at different points. I mean, yeah. like, which, <laughs> under what conditions of this blue are we looking for? You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, like, that, that's been that's been the only the only question that this is starting. I yeah. I like commission work. I don't think I would want to do all commission work, but but it's nice to to know that you're getting that you're going to get paid for work instead of you know oh, yeah. a lot of the paintings are kind of a gamble you you paint something you really like and you right. don't really know if yeah. anyone else is going to care <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's it's nice to have some some income it takes a little bit of that uncertainty out especially i don't have any students and i don't do i haven't done workshops mm-hmm. so for me you know original sales is is it you know if i want to make yeah. a living um yeah so I'd like to keep doing commission work, but but I right. also need to figure out how I should talk to some artists who do a lot of commission work and figure out how they draw that kind of a line. Um, how much how much input do you do you let the clients have before mm-hmm. you start to feel like you've lost um, creative control of of the painting? You know, at, at which point it, it takes kind of some of the fun out of it, which is yeah, which is right. uh, not good, but. This, yeah. this one, I think, I think I finally got everything okayed and signed off on, and now I can work on solving the logistical problems of how to, you know, scale everything up. Yeah. And, uh, work on this larger size. That's well. Can, uh, do you want to talk about that for a minute? Just kind of the um, how you um, how did, how did this project go from sort of. Uh, you know, did you start? I know you. It's it's based on a, a previous painting. How far we've come, right? Yeah. Well, every every commission that I've done that wasn't that wasn't for the bank. Every everyone I've done for a private um, client mm-hmm. has started out with a phase of them really trying to figure out what they want. Uh, they, mm-hmm. Usually, they have some kind of a uh, a theme they want to follow or a subject they want to explore or, or something. And you can tell from talking to them that, that there's, that there's something important about that subject or about that theme. And they right. don't really know for sure how, how to express that as a painting, which is, which is great because that's what they're paying me to do. Um, right. So the, the, the first part of the whole process is really just, I'll, I'll usually throw 50 ideas at them and see if we can, hone in on something and those are usually just quick little off the cuff sketches um with mm-hmm. a little bit of a description of what i'm thinking and usually it only takes one or two rounds of that before we start to hone in on something um yeah that they really like in this case it started off with with me basically only knowing that they really liked how far we've come and they listed a couple other pieces of mine that they liked and mm-hmm. uh wanted to go in that direction. So I sent a bunch of drawings of, of all kinds of, um, 
you know, space related compositions, mm-hmm. um, different, different poses, different planets. I even sent one that I really liked of with two little boys kind of looking down out of some oh, cool. ship or something at Jupiter. And I thought, well, let's take this to the next step. You know, we've gotten off out of earth orbit. And anyway, we finally, I finally figured out that really what they wanted was a big version of how far we've come. And from there, Mm-hmm. I start, you know, we were refining and refining and refining. And as we were doing that, it kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger as they <laughs> as they kind of got into the idea. And yeah. meanwhile, I'm really excited about that because I've always liked the idea of painting big. But mm-hmm. you can't really do that, at least not on this scale, without without a commission because right. no <laughs> one is going to be able to fit it in their house, right? Yeah. And and the the investment in having the panel made and Right. Everything else, you know, it's is huge. Um, yeah. So I'm really excited. And at first, I've been painting on on dye bond panel for the past couple of years, and it's mm-hmm. limited in size to I think the biggest sheets you can even special order are five feet wide and ten feet long. So okay. I'm I'm picturing I've kind of got them sold on this material as being archival and everything else, and really talked it up because I like it. Right. <laughs> and 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 so I had envisioned this thing as kind of a triptych or or four panels and i was thinking of you know having part uh-huh. of their wall be a structural element in the painting and fit into the composition and we went down that road yeah. for a long time before i finally figured out before they finally said you know what no we, we just want one big painting um, mm-hmm. so then and this is maybe a lot of little details that are unrelated, but then it became about trying to figure out how to get a panel made that was that big. And at this point, these guys are sold on aluminum. Right. So I can't go back uh, to canvas. Oh no. <laughs> so I ended up having... He <laughs> told them how canvas is so inferior. and Not, not yeah, as yeah. much, but I, but how much I loved the aluminum and what I thought was yeah. the advantages of it. So I ended up working with... with uh, fabrication company in Salt Lake and a framing company that were really great guys and consulting with with uh, Jojo Hanlon, the, the guy that runs Natural mm-hmm. Pigments and he goes around doing vest painting practices, workshops. Yeah. I consulted with him uh, and we ended up, ended up having this giant aluminum frame welded um, wow. and then aluminum panels screwed down to that and, and fastened and filled in with epoxy and oh, <laughs> and no. then they wrapped a giant canvas over the top and glued it down and as far oh, as I okay. know cool. it's the that was just so we could get rid of seams. Uh-huh. As far as I can tell, it's like the most archival way to do something this big, but it turned into this giant over engineered I love it. Mm. It's awesome. But but yeah, it, yeah. it turned into a huge thing. So that oh, was interesting, yeah. and then and then trying to find a space, I, I realized about halfway through searching for a studio space big enough to paint it in that it was actually too big to fit through a standard door. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then I I had to narrow my search to places with you know a big roll up garage door, and uh-huh. that that put I don't know how other cities are, but in Salt Lake, if you want a space like that close to downtown, I live close to downtown it costs more than my mortgage. So I'm looking yeah. at places that are an hour right. away by car. Oh. I'm thinking this isn't going to work. We've only got one car. Oh my gosh. And then I'm, I'm kind of casually 
complaining about this at kind of a neighborhood barbecue. We're not really complaining, but sort of talking about the the issues of it. And our neighbor just casually says, well, you can use my garage. Wow. (laughs) That's that's awesome. Yeah. So so that's been great. That's a great neighbor. uh, Yeah. Right. Uh, (laughs) So really painting on this size, all of the things that are challenging about it have been kind of new problems. They're mostly logistical, trying to figure out how to move mm-hmm. the thing around. It weighs 600 pounds. Oh um, trying to, you know, find out, am I going to be able to get a truck big enough to move it? How are we going to get it in the client's house? Yeah, and, no, and that's then, what I'm interested in. How do you... <laughs> they're luckily, so are they local? Or? No, they're in they're in California in Laguna Beach. But the back of their oh, house... Um, is glass and it all kind of telescopes open. So as long as I can get around to the back of their house, we can get it in, no problem. Okay. So, but it's basically going to be a, like a a big truck taking it down, I guess. Yeah, I'll have to drive it down in a big 27 foot U-Haul. Okay. <laughs> and then have five guys help me move it into the house. Yeah. But, uh, well, that's kind of that, fun. I mean, oh, it's you know, I, I, I would feel it. better yeah. about that than sort of loading it up with some, you know, just some dudes. And, oh, definitely, yeah. You know, and waving it goodbye yeah. and hoping things work out. <laughs> and the, and the way it's designed, it's designed to fit into a recess in their wall that they had built for it. And it has wow. an inch around it, so it had to be really thin. So it's got like a lot of weird things. It has this big removable aluminum brace that bolts to the back so we can move it. And and it, it's been a lot of fun. And then, and then there were yeah. all the standard problems of, um, you know, tr- trying to do a good scale drawing from all my reference material mm-hmm. that was still <laughs> accurate when I blew it up to this size. Yeah. Which, well, let's talk about that for a minute. That's interesting. Like <laughs> how, what was the process of getting this thing on the canvas? Like I ended up doing it in a couple of, a couple of sections The the parts that were more geometrical shapes, there's a big piece of whatever sort of space station or, or whatever it is that mm-hmm. she's in, the structure that's in the background. That's all it's simple. It's it's geometrical shapes that are um you know, they're they're pretty straightforward. There's no subtle nuance like there is in a figure. Right. Um, that was really easy to blow up. I mean there was there were no mistakes there. So I, I kind of designed that on one separate piece of paper. Okay. And then once I had I got them to figure out exactly what position the earth changed size about 50 times during the course of designing. <laughs> Once we finally settled on one size and on, on what geography they wanted um, in the background, that was also mm-hmm. turned in a direction that I kind of liked the flow of the shapes with the figure. Um, then, I, then I had to try and find good high resolution imagery of the earth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, doing that now is easy. You can, Ten years ago, it would have been a lot harder, but yeah. Definitely. But uh, once I had all that, then I, on a separate piece of paper, figured out the scale and the position and everything, and then drew the Earth, um, or at least what I hope is a good likeness of it, from from all of those pieces of reference material, so, and it mm-hmm. was completely separate. And so then, you're drawing just drawing directly on the canvas? No, 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 no. You're doing any I, kind of I, transfer? I, or? Uh, yeah, uh, once I had all the pieces done, and then I, I had the model, I changed her pose a bunch of times, but okay. worked on a drawing of her that was separate, that was that was as big as I could, um, right. 
and still be able to see the whole drawing so I can make sure my proportions are right. I think it ended yeah. up being about 30 inches wide. So, okay. you know, she's 30 inches tall in the drawing. Okay. And I did and I did that separate so that I could draw her as big as possible. Because if I had drawn her, she's life-size in the final painting. If I had drawn her to scale, tried to draw it all at once, she would have been so tiny in my drawing that I would never have gotten anything right. And right. then when I had everything right, I, I, uh, <laughs> I made a bunch of kind of registration marks on everything to make sure I knew how it was all going to line up together. Mm-hmm. And then took everything and had it, you know, blown up on a giant black and white copier, the drawings. And okay. then I just did a straight up charcoal transfer. Awesome. I did the earth in the background first. And then, you know, I had to do it in sections because the printer only prints 30 inches, right. or 36 inches wide. So I basically had a giant 12 piece, 36 by 36 puzzle of okay. transfers that yeah, lined up. Cool. And then I transferred the figure all as one. I blew her up as one big piece so that I wouldn't have to worry about having little yeah, little things that didn't difficult. line up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then I traced over the whole thing carefully with India ink and, and it's ready wow. to go. That took so, some time, huh? Yeah, but it, I love that kind of stuff. The problem solving yeah. of that was, right. was really fun to do. Um, yeah, this whole thing I can imagine. Like, I love getting into, you know, things that I haven't done before, and then, and then, as you know, as you go, you figure out all the logistics, and it's I, I love all the other stuff that goes around doing a project like this. Yeah, I think yeah. It's really, yeah. And then now you've had this experience. Like, what a cool thing that you know, going through the whole process of dealing with. Uh, making a painting on this scale and then all the other um, things with get, getting the aluminum and all that. It's really fun. Yeah, definitely. I, I, it makes me want to do more, more really big stuff. Um, just Cause it's, cool. it's fun to work on and it's fun to work that big too. It's a lot easier mm-hmm. to get in there and really, really paint what you want to paint when you can see everything. Yeah, and have like so, have a life size figure. That's exciting. Yeah, I've, I've actually never painted a figure that big before either. So that'll be interesting. I haven't gone to the figure yet. Yeah, but, uh, cool. Yeah. So is this one? Um, is this one on that feature? Is this on your website? Or are you kind of keeping this under wraps? I haven't I posted we... on it yet. I just barely okay. got the go ahead uh, on the color okay. study um, a couple of days ago. So I'm I'm trying to figure out how much to. Or where to start, really. Um, right. It's one that I'd like to post about because I'll be working on it for a while. Um, yeah. And it has so many <laughs> unique, weird little things, you know, going on too. But mm-hmm. but I'll definitely uh, be posting on it eventually, as soon as I figure out <laughs> how to go about how to go about doing that. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. Um. So another area I wanted to get into with you is your um, relationship with with the gallery, Quint Cordaire Fine uh-huh. Art. Um, let's see. Um, so we're both artists there, and you you've actually been there for much longer than I have. Um, yeah. A so long how time. did that? Yeah. How did that relationship begin? You know, it's, it it started off. Uh, Damon Denny is another one of their artists, and I yeah. um, were pretty good friends and met at Utah State University. And uh, we 
we're both really interested in kind of learning how to paint. Um, like the, <laughs> like the old masters and like the pre-Raphaelites and, mm-hmm. and at the time, I, I'm not old, but, but at that time, that was, <laughs> that was, you know, what, 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, there what? were, there, there wasn't an atelier scene really right. in the U S right. and we were pretty convinced that there was nowhere for us to learn that stuff. So we kind of tried to, to teach ourselves, read biographies of artists, you know, and, you know, tried to figure out how to, how to do mm-hmm. that. And we both ended up, well, Damon finished this big, gorgeous painting. Um, and we decided we should try and find a gallery. And we found them online by, you know, searching every gallery we could find and looking for galleries that carried the kind of work that we wanted to paint. Mm-hmm. And galleries that would return our <laughs> return our emails. Yeah. Here are right. these two artists with, you know, no pedigree. We didn't study with anyone important. You know, mm-hmm. I, did, I didn't even I didn't even study painting in college. You know, I was studying engineering. Right. And they they were, you know, kind of a new gallery, a small gallery. And the owner, Quint, who is also a painter and was interested in a lot of the same things that we were. And he gave us a chance. I mean, that's really what it was. We we found a gallery owner that was willing to give us a chance and cool. try and sell our stuff. And we thought that was great. So Damon sent his big painting, and I sent a couple of uh, really detailed charcoal drawings that I had done. I was building cabinets mm-hmm. at the time, and I didn't have a lot of time to paint. So that yeah. was really what I could finish. Uh, and right away, they sold the Damon's Giant painting. Um, oh wow! Awesome. And both of us kind of were just staggered by that. For yeah. for for you know what what at the time to us seemed like an just unbelievable amount of money. You know, right? But this right. is two guys who, if we had sold like five hundred bucks, we would have been just giddy. Um, <laughs> right. So then I decided, well, I'm going to finish a big painting and send it to him. And so I painted mm-hmm. heroes, and it took. Months and months and months because I'd work on it after work mm-hmm. at the cabinet shop and send it to them and they they were able to sell that one in a couple of months too and so at the time I was I was studying engineering my wife was in college and we kind of sat down and talked about it and decided you know there are a lot of really good engineers out there but we don't know how many painters there are that are doing what you want to do let's let's try this so wow. So I, uh, it, it was kind of touch and go, you know, a lot of times I would, I would paint for a little while and then things would get tight and I'd go back and work at the cabinet shop for a while. Luckily the boss there was awesome and let me kind of come and go. But yeah, the, the, I think the timing was good. The, the Cordier gallery had clients that were interested in what I wanted to paint and it was, mm-hmm. it was the late nineties and people had money a lot of people had money not just not just collectors yeah, but I guess so. but people who were you know engineers and investors and and scientists you know people who were interested in the kind of things i wanted to paint uh, had enough money to buy art or at least to buy mm-hmm. prints and so the you know they were able to sell enough paintings for me to decide to really go for it, um, do gallery painting for a living. Mm-hmm. I thought for a while that I might do 
uh, children's book illustration or or just find a job that I could stand and paint in my spare time. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, you know, over the last, how long has it been? Probably close to 15 years that I've been with them. Um, yeah. They've been really good about, about um, well, importantly, that you know, they're able to sell enough mm-hmm. stuff that I, that I haven't had to go back and get a cabinet job. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they've never tried to exert any kind of control over what I mm-hmm. paint or make suggestions or, or anything like that, which is great. Um, yeah. I've, I've experimented a little bit with one or two other galleries just because sometimes it makes me feel a little nervous having all my eggs in one basket. But oh, absolutely. Those, yeah. those experiences have been really negative. Uh, um, I won't mm-hmm. mention any galleries by name, but there, sure. there have been a couple times, and it was pretty much the same story. I would, I would send a couple of paintings, which, you know, two paintings represents, you know, sometimes two months of my life, and oh, absolutely, yeah. and a sixth of my potential income for the year. So it's a it's a big investment for me to pack up two paintings and send them somewhere, right. and. Uh, and I'd, I'd be kind of excited, you know, the gallery would talk a big game and they, you know, you'd look online and other artists would say, oh, they're a great gallery. Mm-hmm. And I'd send the stuff and then not, never hear anything back and finally call them and find out, oh, they, they were on the wall for one show for two weeks and they've been in the back storeroom of this gallery ever mm-hmm. since. I know. I'm like, oh, yeah. man. So then I've got to deal with trying to get them sent back and it's so hard to get anyone to call you back or, mm-hmm. you know, answer email finally got the thing sent back and then pack them up and send them to the Cordaire Gallery and six months later they're both sold. It's really hard not to, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's been a little frustrating and, and so you know, I've talked to a few other artists. I wish that I knew more artists personally that I could talk to about this stuff. It's one of the reasons why I love the idea for this podcast, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. Yeah. And, and uh, found out that a lot of the artists who really liked these galleries, they liked it them for different reasons, you know, they weren't selling their paintings either, but it was good advertising for them. Oh. And these are, and these are artists that are trying to attract students. Um, I see. Right. You know, or, or commission clients. And so it doesn't really matter to them hmm. as much if they yeah. sell, if they sell originals or not, you know, and, right. High profile, and, and gal- high profile gallery showing your work carries a certain yeah, amount of weight. Yeah. And, yeah. It makes me wonder how much of the gallery game is really like that. I mean, I honestly don't know. My experience is really limited, but I've heard a lot of frustrating stories about stuff like that. Yeah. Um, about uh, paintings yeah. ending up in storerooms or, you know, oh, yeah. weird things like that. Yeah. So compared to all of that, I mean, I every every gallery situation is going to have some things that are stressful for the artist, you know, but, right. but I, compared to all of that, I have, it's been a real pleasure working with with the the Corvairs. Yeah, they've, they've been amazing. Yeah, I I have to concur. It's been kind of the same thing for me. You know, trying to branch out a little bit. You know, it's the same kind of thing. You don't want to. You know, there's a certain amount of of uh, security you want to have to in branching out. And oh, if I've and it's certainly I've heard this as sort of like. Well, this is a good practice for an artist. You want to spread yourself out and you don't want to have all your paintings in one place. It's mm-hmm. like diversifying your portfolio or something, you know? Yeah. Um, 
but then yeah i i I would agree with you my all of my experiences have been not great when i when i did that and (laughs) and i've been you know the experience with Cordaire has been has been definitely um a, a positive one and and certainly in comparison with all the other uh galleries out there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, and it's a different kind of feel, definitely. Definitely. Definitely feels different. They feel like like friends. I mean at this point they feel like family. I've known Quint for fifteen yeah. years, you know. Right. Longer than I've had any of my kids. <laughs> and and I, I feel like they uh, it's not just a business relationship. I feel like they care about me yeah. and they care about my work and they, they, they work really hard, you know, to promote it, which is Absolutely. awesome. Yeah. I don't know what more you can ask for from a gallery. Really. Right. So yeah, yeah it's been well, good. Right. That's the thing you want and they're doing it. Yeah. Well, and they deal with all the crap that I would never want to deal with, you know, like, like commission work, for example, I haven't done a ton of it through them, but, you know, they deal with all the, the contracts and the legal stuff and negotiating numbers and things like that. I, I don't know how other artists are, but I hate that stuff. I hate it's so hard for me to put a price tag on anything or you're right. I, I'm all, I'm usually so tickled that anyone likes it. That you don't want to give it away, you know, because it's, Right. It's so cool that someone appreciates what you worked so hard on that much. So yeah. it's nice to have it's nice to have someone uh, mediating, you know, between between me and and the clients too. It takes a lot of that stress off, and I can just concentrate on painting what I want to paint mm-hmm. and not have to worry about that end of things so much. Yeah, definitely. It's it's so hard to wear both hats. It's yeah. I mean, yeah, it is. Well, it's it's like if you think about you know both are both are careers in themselves, and then when you're trying to, you know, we could certainly do the business side of this um, career full time. Oh yeah, yeah. Every you know hour I mean? you have to spend doing doing marketing or or mm-hmm. sales or or anything like that is time you don't get to paint. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, doing it really would be two full-time jobs, and and I mean, and even still with the gallery, I we have to do a certain amount of that, you mm-hmm. know, with keeping up websites and and all of that. Um, yeah. So th- there certainly are still many aspects of the business side that we have to deal with, even having a gallery. Definitely. <clears throat> Let's see what else I wanted to cover with you. Um, is there anything else that you had in mind that you want to kind of talk about? One thing I thought about a lot, and this kind of relates uh-huh. to this whole business end of things, is is the whole the whole equation of how how other artists balance what they do to make their living. It seems like a lot of the artists that I know make a significant portion of their living teaching, yeah, um, which I think yeah. is great. But yeah, that's, that's that's the other side of things that that has been really hard for me to figure out too, because alongside with the business end of things taking up time. It seems like the teaching side takes up a lot of time too. Um, mm-hmm. But it also seems like the one or two times that I have had a student I feel like I've learned more <laughs> from that brief yeah. teaching experience than, than in a year of just working by myself alone, you know, trying to solve yeah. problems. So 
Yeah, that, that, that's something else that I think I really need to work on branching out into a little bit of that too. So I saw on your website a mention of a Brian Larson uh, atelier. Is that something you're kind of trying to get going? You just I'm mentioned you. Find out what the interest would be. I yeah. I, I feel like uh, I'm in kind of a weird position that way, and maybe it's just my perception of things. But since since a lot of what I know is just kind of cobbled together <laughs> from you know my own experience mm-hmm. trying to figure things out and from the few workshops I've been able to go to. Um, I don't really have a, a tradition behind me, you know, or a school behind me that I can point to and say, this is what I teach. You know, I, th- I feel like that would be oh, fraudulent see. a yeah. little bit. I'd have to, it, it makes me feel like I want to, I want to kind of feel it out and see, I've been trying to run the numbers, figure out how many students, I would need in order to afford a space big enough oh, right. to teach yeah. in and have a model in and, and give mm-hmm. the students. If I were, if I were to teach, I think I, I really like the idea of having a space where the students can come and work um, yeah. while I'm working because the limited experience that I had with workshops at the, at the Grand Central Academy and other workshops, I mean, I, the best thing about that setup is that you can watch people that mm-hmm. know what they're doing work and mm-hmm. ask questions. And I, I, I feel like you're going to learn way more doing that than by any simple demo or critique or, you know, I don't think right. you can learn art by going to an hour long class two times a week. You know, I think you need to be uh, able to, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you need yeah, to be yeah. able to come in and work for hours and see right. how, see how the instructor is solving problems and ask questions. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the few students that I have taught, the times when I've been able to help them the most is when I've been able to watch them working rather than just having them bring in a finished drawing. And then you've got to right. part and back engineer it and try and figure out where they made this mistake. Whereas if you're watching, you can kind of, you can see mm-hmm. patterns emerge and you can say, okay, I, I see what you're doing and mm-hmm. back up and kind of help them with that. So I think it's, it's something I've, wanted to do for a long time and have just not really put in the time yet to to put together a business plan and figure out how to make that work. Um, yeah. That, that link on the website, really, when we built it, <laughs> my wife put the website together and uh, uh-huh. um, she's really great with that kind of thing. Uh, but it seems like we've been so busy for a while, we haven't had time to really <laughs> get that all hooked up right. But what I was hoping to do was try and, and see what the interest was like and find out if I could find, you know, four or five students to start off with, or even, you know, even three or four, um, mm-hmm. and, and kind of go from there. Yeah. Yeah. I think your, I think your concerns are, are right on as far as like having a space where, where people can work alongside you um i'm i'm kind of dealing with that thing right now too where i don't have a space um i'm using the space uh where i teach this uh, little studio space at the school where i teach but it's you know i kind of meet students up there and we don't have that 
it's I am doing that kind of thing where I sort of give them an assignment and then um, they come in and we spend about an hour together and I critique critique the work and then you know kind of direct them on on where to go from there. But uh, yeah. you're right, it, it's it's so important to like to just be able to work alongside and see how they're working and um, yeah, the only way to do that I think is just you know you have the space um where you can spend that kind of time together and and mm-hmm. ideally that's like you have a large enough studio where they can come and work the the thing that i find difficult too is, is even if you have like a home studio where you have the space is like then you have students kind of at your home and and, and that's yeah i would I definitely feel like that's a little outside. bit awkward yeah um yeah you know, then you you have your home life there, and then you've got a student, and it's just I don't know. To me, it's a, it's a little bit awkward. Yeah, that's it's it's something I I I think maybe I, if I'm serious about it, I just need to figure out figure out how to start and just go for it and see what happens. They'll probably plan for it forever without ever taking any <laughs> any more <laughs> any more positive steps. Yeah, yeah. The, the guys that I know that. One artist in particular named Jeff Hind, he's a local here mm-hmm. in Salt Lake, and he's well, he's got a couple things going for him. One, he's obviously a brilliant business person and a good strategical thinker, mm-hmm. and he's also really good with people. You know, he can he remembers everybody's names, and you know, it clearly works really hard on that kind of thing. But when I first started looking for studio space outside of my house ten years ago. Um, mm-hmm. Damon and I shared a space in a building with Jeff and oh, cool. and he and it, it turned out that he had um kind of developed the space. He had he had found a guy that was a contractor and and they had figured out how to break the space up and he had basically figured out that well he can't afford to rent the whole floor, but he can break it up, have a space that works for him and then rent the other spaces out, which was amazing. But mm-hmm. he was just starting out too, you know, and that was 10 years ago. And now he, because he's worked on it, he's got a huge school, you know, giant space, rented a big warehouse, a bunch of students, and has gotten to the point where his, you know, his his first students can now teach some of the more advanced classes. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome. You know, he, yeah. he describes it as, I don't remember what number of years it was, but he called it the last four years or something where he was focused really hard on getting the school up and running and didn't get to do a lot of his own work. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, it's, it's kind of paying off. He, he has time to work on his own stuff and, and still do the teaching and everything else. So I think it can definitely be done. It's just That's a matter great. of committing to it and, and making right. the decisions. So. Right. Well, yeah. And, and willing to be, that's gotta be tough. Is it, being willing to kind of set your own work aside and dive into that thing for a little bit. Yeah. Oh, that's got to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You've got to, you got to really decide you want that thing to, to do that, I think. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure that I'm there. I, I really right. enjoy just working on my own, <laughs> mm-hmm. on my own right. projects. Uh, yeah. But, it, you know, it can get pretty easy to become a little bit of a hermit and, and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> just just end up in a little echo chamber of your own ideas too much. I think. 
Yeah, I really enjoy being able to get out and and teach. Um, but you know, I definitely want want the bulk of my income to be coming from from painting. Um, sure. And so for me, I'm I'm trying to kind of switch that balance. But um, but I definitely I I would never want to stop teaching for sure. Yeah. Um, because because like you said, I mean. And I think we have maybe a, a bit of an inclination to be hermits. I certainly do, um, <laughs> but but I definitely get get a charge and get get energized when dealing with students, and and then it's fun to kind of come back into the studio and and get into get into your own thing. Yeah. But well, Brian, let's uh, let's wrap it up here, man. Thanks so much. I I I thought it was uh, really interesting. I you brought some great stuff to the show. So I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks. Thanks again. Look forward to hearing uh, the other guests you have on too. Appreciate it, man. Um, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Danny. All right, man. Bye. Bye. Okay. I'm back. Hope everybody enjoyed the interview with Brian. Um, just a few things here before I wrap up. Uh, this episode, uh, I forgot to ask Brian to kind of plug his stuff. So I'm going to take the time to do that now. Um, go to his website, brianlarson.com. Uh, you can follow him. Just search for him on Facebook, Brian Larson. And if you want to follow him on Twitter, he is at Brian Larson Arts. I um, also wanted to mention that the podcast is now on iTunes. You might be listening to it on, on iTunes right now. Um, but if you're not and you want to in the future, um, just go search um, in the podcast section for uh, the studio, Danny Grant. And if you want to listen from the website, it's dannygrantfineart.com slash podcasts. Um, and I think that's all for today. Okay. Thanks, everybody. See you next time.